This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. Say something. Hi, I'm Tony Lugo. And I'm Tony Lugo Ponce. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I knew you. I knew you before you were Tony Lugo back in the Tony Lugo Ponce days. Okay, say something again. Hi, hey, what's going on? Welcome to Preston M. Smith's podcast on PMS Artist. This is uh I can't tell if I'm hearing you or if I'm hearing you in the room. <laughs> I'm going to get closer to the mic and talk a little lower to see if you can tell. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I turn us up a little bit here just for fun. Okay. So we're set up. We're filming. We're doing uh, crazy millennial stuff. (laughs) You got to hit record, bro. Oh, fuck me. There you go. There we go. We just missed all that gold. Uh, I got it on mine. (laughs) Okay. It's going to be like, I'm just going to appear randomly at some point. So... How are you, man? I'm doing well, dude. How are you? I was joking about knowing you before, back when, when you were Tony Lugo Ponce. Yeah. Pretty oh. soon you're going to be just Tony. Like Madonna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then a symbol. And then you'll yeah. be back. You'll I'll be back be, to Tony. I'll be, uh, depending on how this goes, I might be the artist formerly known as Tony or yeah. the mailman formerly known as Tony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you know, we need mailmen. Oh, here, one second. This episode is brought to you by the Crocs. Mm. Cheers, man. Hey, it's good to Great have somebody to here you, in person. Yeah. You know? Fully vaccinated. Double vaxxed and yeah. ready to attack. I've been fully vaxxed since January, man. I've been waiting. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've been waiting forever for everyone else to <laughs> <You're just laughs> catch like, up. I'm ready, I'm ready to go. Sitting at What's home like on? nothing's happening. That's funny, man. My wife, too. She, uh, well, why did you, how did you get yours so early? Uh, so I went to the VA. I'm a veteran. I went oh, to that's the, right. Went to the VA. They were doing the Pfizer, but they were only doing you know the the elderly. Yes. But I knew Pfizer was throwing away, or people were throwing away Pfizer shots at the end of the day. So I went at like four o'clock one evening. That's what I heard. And then they had a couple of spots left, and they were able to squeeze me in without having to throw away a vaccine shot. That's awesome. Yeah. So I mean, you 
you saved it and you got okay. vaccinated early. Yeah. My wife was uh, vaccinated in January also. Yeah. I think it's funny because they're like essential workers. Yeah. But then you go home and you're with your family. Yeah. You're with a husband or your <laughs> wife or whatever. And then it's like you can still get it and pass it to a patient. So right. it feels like it feels like they should just vaccinate all the families. Right. But, hey, yeah. what do I know? I don't know anything. Welcome back to Double Vax with Tony and Preston. <laughs> so I, I did write down some questions here. Okay. Oops. You're not Rachel. No, I'm Tony. Are you Rachel? You I, could be. You could I, be Rachel. You know, hey, whatever. <laughs> so, well, you know, that's funny because first of all, we were talking about the pandemic. That's I'm I'm happy to not talk about the pandemic anymore. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you, how was your pandemic? Did it knock you on your ass? Did you were you able to work? How was your family? Uh, Everything. <clears throat> I was able to work. I worked from home, which was, you know, in hindsight, or even in current sight, it was a, a wonderful blessing in the uh, darkness, you know. For sure, man. Yeah. Um, the worst thing that happened to me, and none of my close family members got it. The worst thing that happened to me was my film premiered at the Pasadena Film Festival. Right. On March uh, 15th. Midnight, right? Yeah. Cool. On March 15th. And... Like a couple of days before, they were saying, you know, we maybe we should keep it to 250 people in a room, no more than that. And then as as it got closer to that Sunday, it was it was like okay, 100 people, then 50 people, 10 people. Don't hang out with anyone that's not in your family at your house. Yes. You know? So uh, that's about the worst thing that happened to me. Um, yeah, that's a that's bad timing. Yeah. But so wait, when was the film festival? It was March. My film premiere on March Sunday, March fifteenth. Oh shit! Twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> That's like I was telling yeah. you about Mags and my trip to Argentina. It was like we we're gonna go for her birthday. It was scheduled for the twenty seventh. Yeah. Even up to that last week, we knew we weren't gonna be able to go, but the airlines still were just like, "No, nah, you're good." And then that week, they just pulled it, yeah. and we were super grateful too because I worked the whole time. It was like nothing changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was still at home working from home yeah. in the studio. And actually sales kind of like dipped for a bit and then people were at home. So they're like, yeah, might as well beautify our place, right? Shopping around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the sales were actually okay. And then my wife was a central worker. So she was working. It was funny because the only thing, you know, FOMO, like watching on social media, I, we kind of had a little bit of FOMO for people who were like quarantined at home together. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I mean, it sounds horrible because, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs. So I, I want to be mindful of that, obviously, but... There were a lot of couples that were like, oh, we're, we're together now all the time. And Mags and I were like, we don't see each other at all. <laughs> so, But uh, you got a uh, girlfriend recently. I did, yeah. Nice. I don't know if you want to talk personal we did, stuff. We, I mean, we could talk generally, you know. She's a wonderful human being. She's the best person I've ever met. She's, aside from me, of course. Well, aside from you. <laughs> Everything we do in this podcast is going to be the, the, the asterisk is aside from Preston. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's what I, uh, yeah. instead of payment, you know, you just got to re- reference me from time to time. I just realized, is it hot or are you good? It's a little warm, but I, I want the AC interference. Yeah, with the audio, interfere. so. That's why I should have cooled it down beforehand, but I'm not that professional. That's all right. So, you said you saw uh, Steve Moulter. Saw Steve Moulter, yeah. The well, first guy. of all, a little background. Tony and I met through Steve Moulter. You yeah. were doing um, a documentary short on Steve. Mm-hmm. And then Steve wanted to do an interview with me. And you came along and filmed that. Yeah. And it, was that for Steve's segment? It was for Steve's. Uh, so Steve Moulter ran, it was a musician that ran, or I don't know if he still runs the Five Questions website. I think he, he does do, him. yeah. 
we asked people randomly five questions. And what happened is Steve, I met Steve at a coffee shop and uh, he did a five question segment on me. Uh, in turn, uh, I was interested enough to be like, hey, can I do uh, like a little profile documentary on you? Two minute thing. And she, he said, sure. And that's what the one I covered was when he did his five questions with you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then, and then you were like, oh, hey, do you want to? do a profile on me and yeah. I was like hell yeah let's do it yeah. so yeah. we did a tony filmed documentary short called negativity to creativity came and like filmed a whole studio session mm. like painting of uh yeah. like from beginning to completion of a painting and we did a little interview yeah it was great man i still love that i have that yeah. up on my youtube <laughs> channel it's fascinating the the process of particularly your artwork because you have such a unique style so just, just going through the process of seeing what happens and how it all comes from a white canvas to like something that you, that you sell to people. Right. You put on yeah. the wall. Yeah. It was weird for me. Cause I was like, I mean, I'd done some stuff on YouTube before I'd filmed part of a process, but I'd never done like a, from the beginning to the end. And I wanted to be mindful of your time. So I was like, am I going to be able to create something good? Cause you know, it's, it's weird. You're like, you need to deliver on these things. If you're going to do like a documentary, you don't want it to be like one of your worst pieces. You right. know? <laughs> so uh, it was kind of funny, but it was cool. It was like you were so just kind of in the background doing your thing that mm. I just felt like I was painting. Right. It was great. So you've got a new film out. Well, yeah. relatively new film out, uh, Midnight. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about it at all? Sure. Yeah. So and, and by the way, first of all, congratulations. You've been on like festival circuit you yeah. won awards we've recently won best uh, drama film at the austin after dark film festival nice we've won several acting awards and we've been finalists and we've we've won jury prizes at other festivals but this is the first like best film award and what's great is i was well, some people never get that yeah seriously <laughs> what's what's great is that i was born and raised in austin texas and i didn't know that yeah for us to be to win the best drama film at an Austin film festival was just, was just icing on the cake. I went to the festival. Uh, they had a drive-in screening because there's still, oh, yeah. there still social distancing parameters in place. Yeah. Um, when was this? This was May 18th. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so still relatively early on. Mm -hmm. I bet that was fun to, to come home and do that. It was great. It was wonderful. I mean, my... My parents, my sisters, uh, my niece, they were all, uh, my girlfriend, they were all at the screening. Were you able uh, to like hang out with them oh, yeah. in the car or was it separate? Yeah. No, we all went in one car. Uh, we And my dad has a truck, so we loaded a bunch of seats in the truck and mm. some blankets. And we just op popped the bed open and... I got an old school driving. Yeah. yeah, it was fun. Are you old enough to remember... I'm old enough to remember that they were around. Uh, I <laughs> like, I never, I'm aware of them. I never went to one personally. I, I remember, you know, driving on the street and seeing a big screen with something flashing on it. You know? yeah. yeah. See, my parents were in the movie business. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, they were in the oh. movie business on the other end. And I remember back in the day doing that old school. You know, you roll your window down, put the speaker on the, yeah. on the door, all the bugs. But yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to see some stuff come back around. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that was not really like a conventional drive-in, but it's right. a different iteration of it. But uh, anyway, so Austin, you won. Best drama film. Best drama film. Yeah. How long is Midnight? 14 minutes and 33 seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a good length. Yeah. 
Yeah. Nice was there any sort of parameters as far as how short it needed to be to be in this? No. So I, I guess to be considered a short film, it's, it has to be 40 minutes or less. Oh, really? 40 yeah. minutes? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, no one, it's kind of an unwritten rule that no one makes a 40-minute short film. Yeah. It's yeah. a uh, hog in time. Do you want to tell us about what the premise is for the film? Like sure. The, yeah. yeah. So Midnight is about a, a woman whose brother died of an overdose. And uh, she wants to take revenge on the drug dealer that sold her brother the stuff. The stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What we got to get deep. What what kind of what kind of stuff was it? Well, the name of the drug it was a made up drug called Midnight. Oh, that's yeah. what. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's cool. All right. Um, I've seen the clips from mm-hmm. it. I've seen the like the diner clip and yeah. stuff like that. But I haven't I haven't seen the whole thing. Can you watch the whole thing? Or yeah, I, to- I can send you a link. It's still password protected because yeah, we're still on. We're like at the tail end of our festival run. So. At some yeah. point, it's going to be released. For it's, it's, once the festival run is done, I'm just going to throw it up. Somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe, yeah, you don't have to give me special out. treatment, but I'd, I'd love yeah. to see it when it's when it's out. Sure. No, I love the idea behind it. Was this something you co-wrote this? I co-wrote this. Yeah, with Jamie. Jamie Saganor. Yeah. Mm. Well, first who of all, also like, played the lead. Yes. Who played the sister? Yeah. It's interesting because I was in my limited research. I saw her, and I guess she's like a health coach. Yeah, she's, like a, a, she's a health coach. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, how did you meet her? Uh, we met at a party. Uh, yeah, it was a friend invited me to a party, and she was there and struck up conversation and started working together. So she's an actress. Yeah, uh, okay. Yeah, she's an actress. Okay, she's just like I'm a health coach, but I really want to get into the film industry. Well, she was as far as I, well, I don't want to speak on her because I don't know the story too well. I mm-hmm. think she was waitressing or bartending or something, and then wanted to just start her own business so that she could have the freedom to pursue. That's awesome. The acting, yeah. I've thought about uh, health coaching. I know you and I've talked about health stuff mm-hmm. oh, in the yeah. past. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys connect on that? Yeah. Yeah, because I know you uh, when we first started hanging out a little bit we were talking about jogging and dietary stuff mm-hmm. and, and yeah. you lost a bunch of weight and yeah. are you doing anything special right now or? i am i'm i'm working out six days a week oh wow uh, and when i and it's a i'll do three or four days weight training i'll do four days weight training and two days jogging but in the weight training i'm i'm i have cardio in there as well what and, kind of weight training are we talking about uh, it's curls squats bench Leg presses, calf raises, tricep curls. Yeah, I'm just everything. Just, yeah, nice. Just getting the gains. And when you jog, how? What are you trying to do? Like, what? What's your? Are, do you have like a goal as far as like, I run two miles? I run five miles? I, or you I just, just try to do a five k every time I run. Five k. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, that's good. I've I've ran before the pandemic. I ran several five k's. Yeah. Everything. I, I just since that's in my mind. That's how long I run. Yeah. So I just keep it at that. I have no desire. Uh, I've ran a couple 10Ks, but I have no desire to run a marathon at all. I, I, I want to keep it at <laughs> I don't 5K. either. Yeah. I'm all about the short form. Yeah, they still give you medals for 5Ks. So. Yeah. Well, and also it's a different type of running. Like for mm-hmm. me, I know that I want to get, I want to be really sweating. I want to be pushing yeah. myself and I run really hard, mm-hmm. but I couldn't sustain that for a 10K. No yeah. way. I would like, I would pass out or something right. i would rather get i mean two three miles i don't know five k is what three point something 3.1 3.1 yeah. miles yeah yeah so that's perfect yeah i don't think i've ever gone 
over that either myself. Do you try to keep up like a pretty good pace or? Oh no, I just, I, I you're like, no, I walk I just, it. I just, I just trot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just enough to, if I, if I'm sweating down to my stomach, yeah, yeah. you know, when, when I'm done, I'm fine. I love how yeah. everybody has like their own little marker. You know, some people yeah. just like, they'll time themselves. They'll do the heart rate. Some people like, if I turn red, you know, <laughs> I'm getting a good workout. If I sweat to this point, you know, well, I, I know that even if I just walked the 5K, that it would be a good workout. So I'm fine. I'm not training to be an athlete. Yeah. I'm not, it's just yeah. good to stay in shape. Yeah. Do you find that that kind of helps you with your artistic process at all? I mean, it keeps my head clear and it keeps me energized. For me too. That's, that's, that's kind of the reason why I started doing it um, full time. It was like if I didn't keep doing it, I would start to fall into like a little bit of a funk. Right. You know, this kept me clear. This kept me focused. Right. Uh, kept me energized too. I think all that stuff is related. It's know? great because it, it gives me some structure. Mm-hmm. And if if I don't work out in the morning, I know I'm going to have to do it by three o'clock. Otherwise, it's going to get too late or the gyms are going to get too packed. Yeah. Or it's going to get too dark for me to run and I'll just use that as an excuse. So I know Oh, yeah. I know I have, if I don't do it first thing in the morning, I have to do it by three o'clock. Yeah. And so it gives me some structure on, on either end of the day. It's so easy yeah. to come up with excuses and oh, kind of like sabotage yeah. yourself, you know. Like uh, you get in your car and you're like, oh man, I have half a tank of gas. I might as well just go to the gym tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go tomorrow. <laughs> and then tomorrow is another excuse. Yeah, yeah I started doing um, first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. I used to run just whenever I could, but I figured like, if I can start my day out with a run, you know, it's like one of the hardest things you're going to do the whole day. The rest yeah. of the day is easy. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. But I, I don't know if I told you, but I fucking tweaked my back Oof. about three months ago. I couldn't get off the floor. Ooh, like man. I couldn't do anything. I still am not running. I'm walking yeah. every day now. I walk twice a day. Uh, probably walk like four miles, yeah. but um, at a good pace. But like, I'm kind of getting ready to get back in jogging a little bit, test yeah. it out. But yeah, man, it was bad. Like I couldn't figure it out. It happened on uh, inauguration day, actually. Oh wow, that's so weird. I was like, oh, I was watching it from the floor. <laughs> so, and then like after about three weeks, I was able to kind of get up and hobble around. But I couldn't get into a car. I couldn't work. I couldn't paint. I couldn't mm-hmm. leave my house. I couldn't go down the stairs. It's just a long process. But I'm glad to hear you're still doing all that. Yeah. I have some uh, I have some questions. Sure. Oh, but what about Steve? So you said you saw Steve. Yeah, I saw him last night. Um, oh, last night? Yeah, I saw him last night. We met. Uh, I met his wife last night. We met up at uh, this place in Culver City, this bar in Culver City. What place? Uh, public school was the name of it. Oh, yeah. I've been yeah. to public school. Yeah. Back in my drinking days. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. How how'd you like his wife? She's very nice. Tell very us sweet. the truth. She's very sweet. and uh, uh, She's nice. <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> no, she's great yeah she's a wonderful person she seems like she's awesome yeah. i mean hey, if she's and, with steve yeah you know she's probably wonderful Steve person. is a really sweet guy so it's, oh yeah i actually was hanging out with him when he first was talking about her really like it was like a goal to be with her and and then i saw they were like she was moving down here and, and then they were getting married so wow good for you steve <laughs> congrats steve steve if you're listening uh i'm on the <laughs> podcast too so, well, we talked about the film a little bit, but I wanted to talk about, I always ask everybody about their origin story. Yeah. Because I want to just, you know, get a feel for how you got into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can start as early as you want, take as long as you want. And I want to talk to you about the Marine Corps a little bit too. Sure. 
but you can you can put all that in there. I might stop you and ask questions along the way. Of course, anything that you think is you know worth knowing. Yeah. Um, well, origin story is I grew up in Austin, Texas. I was born and raised there. Went to the military at eighteen. Enlisted when I was seventeen, but didn't ship off till I was eighteen. Oh, first of all, sorry, I already got a question. Yeah. Uh, Austin, how much has it changed? Oh my god. <laughs> I'm probably the wrong guy to talk to about this. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm. I don't have exactly very positive thoughts about my hometown right now. But oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then we'll we'll stay. It's you. nice. It's fine. It's fine. You know. But what about from like a film standpoint? As far as having an art scene, uh, having oh, a film Austin's festival, always had that. I didn't. Just, oh, it's always had that. Yeah, it's always had that. Yeah. Wasn't it Linklater who first kind of brought? Link later the started in? there, yeah, yeah. And then Robert Rodriguez shortly after. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I know Robert Rodriguez is from San Antonio, and he went to UT and mm-hmm. then came out here for a little bit, met Tarantino, and the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah, with me, um, Austin, I think Austin was the perfect place to grow up, considering my career choice. It was very artistic, very free, very different. There was always thing events happening. I can remember going to... Kite festivals, art festivals. City yeah, I was at the music scene it. too, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. huge, huge music scene. Yeah. Um, Austin City Lights and all that. That's been City around for Limits. a long time. Yeah. City Limits, sorry, yeah. 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 It's been around forever. That's been around for a very long time. So I'm, I'm sorry, I'm curious. Are you, are part of your feelings or is it related to like the whole tech boom? Sure. There? Yeah. 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 I figured. So I'm sure it's just being like completely gentrified and. Oh, way beyond. We're past that point. Yeah. 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 Like I know like Tim Ferriss and all those guys are over there and they're talking about how it's becoming like a little Silicon Valley. It, it um, is. It's going to be, uh, price-wise, it'll probably be a San Francisco. Really? Pretty soon, yeah. Holy shit. Which is hopefully means the prices in San Francisco go down because I love, right. that. I love the Bay Area. San Francisco's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's just so pricey. When my yeah. wife and I were there, we were doing a little tour and they were talking about, I think they were like stockbrokers. There was like, Seven of them sharing an apartment. It was like nine hundred square feet, twelve thousand a month or something. Yeah, with with tech, a lot of tech leaving the Bay Area. Maybe you know, I get a little place up there. Hell yeah! Sorry, but anyway, you were uh, so Austin growing up. You, I think, you were just getting into the the Marine Corps. Yeah. Oh, so I after high school, um, I was always interested in like theater arts in school, but I, I never ever had the grades for them to consider me to be a part of the theater arts club or anything like that. Yeah. You never did like a play or anything. I didn't do plays until I came back from the Marine. I got out of the Marine Corps, came back to Austin, and went to ACC, uh, Austin Community College. I studied theater there. I studied Shakespeare there, and I did some. Oh, plays. nice! Yeah, did some plays. Did some acting. Did some extra work. Cool. Um, it was when actually I was an extra on, on in two thousand three. This film came out, The Alamo. Yeah, I was, I was an extra in The Alamo. I was a Mexican soldier, and I, oh, really? I had hair then. You know, they, <laughs> they shaved my chop. They gave me some chops and a thick mustache, and dressed me up in 1860s Mexican soldier garb. Hell yeah! They bust us to the set, and I remember this was very a specific memory for me. Uh, I stepped off the set, and I saw like this little farm, like little bitty crops, and it was you know it could fit on this lot. Yeah. Uh, but I knew it was part of the set, and I was at the very edge of set, maybe football field and a half, two football fields down was the Alamo. And the detail that went into this farm just fascinated me so much. And I knew 
this farm's probably never going to make it on camera, but the detail that went into it, they just cared so much about the look and the feel of the film that that was a moment I told myself that I had to get behind the camera, not in front of the camera. Hell yeah. It's one of those things that people really take, well, most people take for granted. Yeah. Like you see it. I mean, you, you know it. I think the average film goer would understand mm-hmm. like subconsciously, like, you know, when you're in good hands and there's a good atmosphere mm-hmm. to a movie, there's been a lot of care taken, yeah. costume design, set design, all that stuff lighting design but maybe you won't be able to put your finger on it right. but you'll notice when it's not there oh yeah, um, absolutely but it also it's like yeah it sucks when it's not when it's kind of underutilized it's just all that work and then you'll see it for like yeah 30 seconds right so you were doing extra can you see yourself in the film i don't i never saw that i've never seen oh, the film. Never but that. uh but i doubt you can because they had i remember them telling us we were there were hundreds of us all around the alamo and then the AD goes, don't worry, we'll, we'll digitize y'all. So right now it looks like hundreds of y'all, but when they put the film out, it's going to look like thousands of y'all. Mm. So you probably won't even, you probably can't even see me. Or you see 10 of you. Or 10 of me. <laughs> yeah. That's a, I'm surprised you never watched it. Even when I did extra work back in the day, I was always like, you know, checking <laughs> for myself. Well, because I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. You know, vanity purposes. But go ahead. Every film I was an extra in, I never, except one, I never watched Hmm. Yeah. Did you ever have the acting bug at all, or was it just to kind of get um, some experience in, in film? It was probably just to not have a real job, which was ironic because I ended up having several real jobs yeah. <laughs> after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you go into that field, yeah, typically you don't just like start making making money right away. Um, but it was they never... pay well extra work in, in Austin? I mean, like 200 bucks a day, something like that. 150? Yeah, 150. 100, Holy 100 shit. Bucks, yeah. Were you union? No. Wow. That's yeah. like better than here. Yeah. I remember when my ex and I, I moved down here from college to do you know painting and, and acting. Mm-hmm. And um, we came down here. We just started doing extra work like all over town, like four yeah. in the morning. And we were non-union. And I think we got paid like through, uh, what's it called? Central casting. Mm-hmm. I think we got paid like 50 some bucks a day. And then you get overtime, obviously, mm-hmm. if you were if you went over. But like that was sag rates, what you're talking about. I, I didn't know that. That's crazy, man. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, you could actually probably make a living doing that. I'm sure people make a living doing that here, like doing union. They do. Work. They do uh, union, not yeah. not non-union. But it sounds right. like you could almost do it with non-union there. Right. That's crazy. Sorry. So well, the, there aren't that many films being shot in Austin. That's that's true. Thing. Yeah, especially, my, especially now, it just seems like this was 2003. And there was a push to make Austin the second Hollywood. Yeah. So California has been knocking on Austin's door for a while now. <laughs> well, and also because it's so hard to make movies here. It's so expensive. Yeah. Right. I don't know how expensive it is to make movies in Austin. Probably more now. There were good. Yeah. There were good tax rates then, but then I don't think that personally, I don't think the, the government cared about having movies filmed there because New Mexico came along, had better tax rates. New Orleans came along, and then Toronto and Georgia now. So it's, there's other places. Yeah, to Georgia. Film. I've been yeah. noticing that. There was a film that took place in Austin. They shot a couple of exteriors in Austin, and they shot the rest of it in like Michigan. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've been doing that kind of stuff. I, I remember being surprised at the beginning when I saw that, when I knew Seinfeld was filmed in LA. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute, because it, it has yeah. such a New York feel yeah. to it, you know? The magic of uh, of the movie and TV industry. Yeah. So okay. So you're doing extra work in mm-hmm. Austin, and then what comes next, or is that it? And then I moved to LA, 
Well, my brother dies. That's what. That's something that occurred. That was oh, a very shit. big shift. I don't and think I knew two, this. No, this was in 2004. My brother passed away. Okay. Um, and I'm not a very big spiritual person or a meaning person. Yeah. You know? But I did get a letter. My brother lived in Laredo, which is about four hours from Austin. Is this older older brother? Older brother, older, yeah. yeah. Uh, and after he passed, I got a letter in the mail a few months later from the Los Angeles Film School addressed to him. Holy yeah. shit. And so I went to the Los Angeles Film School based on that. Now, wow. was that So he really was trying s- to be a filmmaker too? No, no. He, he was not. He was happy at his little post office gig huh. in Laredo. Yeah. And he was... He was going to retire there. Wow! Live the rest of his life there. So I'm sorry, but was this like was this a mistake, or did he just you know, on a whim like apply? Or, or? Mm, I don't know if it was a mistake or if it was great marketing from the LA Film School, and they're like, "Well, he's a filmmaker, and his brother just died. Put his brother's name on that and mail it to him." Oh wow! That's <laughs> no, just that's just it worked. Everybody, a cynical brain. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm no, so, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. No, I didn't okay. know that about you know your brother. No, yeah. uh, it's all right. It's it's. Uh, I mean, in some time. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like something, you know, not something good came out of it directly, yeah. but, um, right. You know, no, yeah. I mean, I mean, I went, I chose the film school I chose because of him. Cool. Because of that letter. Wow. Um, and I came out in 2005 to Los Angeles, stayed here for two years, and then went back to Austin. And, um, you know, I did that whole. It's. Did you go back because you're? It was tough out here, or I, I went back because it was tough out here. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely for anybody listening and, who's never been to LA. Yeah, it's tough out here. Yeah. <laughs> and and if you don't have, and I didn't have that, go get a drive that you need on top of finding work and yes, and um, and you you just need that go get a drive just to find PA work. Yeah. You know. Oh it's, yeah. And it's. Uh, it takes the focus away from that. Go get a drive for directing, you know. So it's it was it was tough. I I took a hard lesson there. Yeah. Well, I, also I feel like this is a lesson for anybody listening who's trying to kind of break into whether it's the film industry or you know the art world or you know acting, whatever you, whatever it is, music industry. It's almost like if you can outlast people. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? If you is. if you have the drive yeah. and you have some talent. And you can just keep working and keep plugging away and meeting people. It just, it's almost like it, it, it's like a pyramid, you know, the longer you go, the less people who are still around. And I'm not saying Absolutely. that's for everybody, yeah. but if you're, if you're working at it, you can definitely, you can make a living. So did you, you went back to Austin? I went back to Austin and this was another hard lesson. I went back to Austin. I'm like, within the year I'll be back in LA. Yeah. You know, five years later, and, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm still in Austin and I'm, I'm working as a mailman. Oh <laughs> yeah. So that and that you said that was your brother's job. Yeah. Well, my brother worked at the state. He was a he worked custodial at the post office station. Okay. In Laredo, I was just a letter carrier that covered routes. Like I covered the entire city of Austin whenever a a, a carrier had a day off. That's yeah. the route I was on. And, I mean, and it was different stations. You know, they would call me in the morning. You're working at this station today. I'm intrigued because I'm always intrigued by uh, I don't know. Do you call them mail? Persons letter now, carriers. letter carriers. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm always intrigued by letter carriers because, well, first of all, I was a huge Bukowski fan, and I know he started <laughs> out in the post office, and the, he actually retired from the post office. He retired, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he did it for I think it was like 13 years or something. Yeah. Um, was it? I'm sure it was tough. Mm-hmm. Was it tough for you? It was. It gave me the definition 
of what really hard work was. But once you got the hang of it, um, it didn't seem like hard work. But that, that's like anything. Yeah, it that's was true. very physically demanding. Uh, long days, too. Long, right? long days, yeah. which helped me with being on set. Uh, yes. Did it motivate you to come back over here? Oh my God. It, yeah, it, it was, yeah, it was a very, very hard work environment, not just physically, but mentally as well. And so yeah, I, I tried to save up as much as I could. I always ask this question because it's partially selfish. Um, yeah. cause this is what I did with waiting tables. Waiting tables is also honestly one of the hardest jobs I think out there too. Yeah. It's, it's shorter spurts, but it's physically demanding. Like, I think that's probably why I fucked up my back, but um, it's also psychologically draining dealing mm. with the public and just all the shit you get for no reason. Yeah. I use that a lot as, as kind of fodder and motivation to keep going. Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. let myself get a better job because I was like, no, I'm going to do this until yeah. I do what I'm doing. Yeah. Did you have a similar experience with the post office? Absolutely. Yeah. But the post office was a great job. Everything I say about it is still a great job. I mean, it's, it's great uh, benefits too, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I did use it as motivation. I didn't want to be, like for example, when I came back out to LA, I started working in music videos. Uh-huh. And I was very interested in camera department. And I knew uh I knew if I got into the camera department, I would within a couple of years I'd be able to be a DP mm-hmm. and have a successful run of DPing music videos for all these artists. And I purposely stayed away from that because I wanted to focus on writing and directing. Yeah. Um but I did work camera department, and uh, but I kept myself at bay. I, I I didn't say, "Hey, I want to be more than just an AC." Or mm-hmm. was that to kind of just keep your head down, keep the work, keep the work, uh, not reach a level of success that I could feel like I could relax. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I also worked in art department, but I was a bad art department person i was i sucked at <laughs> there's probably people who work that work our department that still know me and are like this guy this did, guy this guy's winning awards <laughs> <laughs> no i was I, I will gladly admit to being a horrible art department well, you department. can't be yeah. you can't be great at everything right yeah. um well you are I mean. well well <laughs> no no thank you see keep keep it coming <laughs> no no but you um were you doing like screenwriting on the side while you're doing stuff yeah 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 Yeah. i was that's another thing about being down here in la you kind of got to have like as much as i hate this term the side hustle yeah like use your your spare time that's what i did i would would wait tables come home write drink paint all that stuff right well the the thing i love about los angeles and maybe places like san francisco and new york as well is like all the the best minds go there oh yeah in, in whatever industry you know, you'll find the best lawyers out here. You'll find the best doctors out here. You'll yes. find the best filmmakers out here. Even, you know, I mean, New York would probably argue with you with that, but it's yeah. it's definitely true. I mean, stand up, stand up, yeah. improv, you just yeah. name it. It's they all, the best. They all flock to those places. And they do. I feel like they're still out here, even though a place like Austin might pop up and might be the hit place for the moment, or Georgia might be a hit place for the moment. It doesn't have the infrastructure, I don't think, to yeah. kind of keep it right. going. I, I think it's one of those things if you make it here or if you can if you can get here and work mm-hmm. here for a while, it ups your game. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. you're learning from the best. Yeah. 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 
And you're competing with the best. You're competing with the best. <laughs> and even even people that aren't the best, they're they might not be talent wise the best, but hustle wise, they're probably a lot better than other people. So you gotta have that for sure. There's like a mixture of what you can soak in. Yeah. My wife and I just watched uh she'd never seen it. Bowfinger. Have you seen Bowfinger? No, with uh, oh, that, wait, I think I have. You with Steve it. Martin. Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah. And, and Eddie Murphy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hadn't watched it in so long, but it was a great reminder because I think the last time I'd watched it was even before I came down here to act. That was the one where Eddie Murphy plays twins, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you, well, you don't know it at the time, but yeah, he he plays the action star yeah. and then the brother who's like working at a video store or something. But Steve Martin is like this wannabe. Well, he's a filmmaker, but he's just like a very BB filmmaker. Yeah. And he's just lies his way into every scenario. And I thought it was hilarious to watch it again because I was like, man, it captured something about L.A. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, yeah. too. But there's like a kernel of truth in all of it. Like, you have to just be hustling here. Yeah, Heather you know? Graham's in that. No? Heather Graham, yeah. I remember. She's the one, who, the, like, the one from Ohio who kind of like yeah. sleeps her way to the top. I remember when she gets off the bus, she's like, excuse me, where do you go to be where an do you actress? Go to be actress? <laughs> exactly. And then she's hanging out with like the the male lead yeah. or one of the male leads. And, um, and then she's like talking to him about her scenes and he goes, Oh, well the writer does that. And she's like, Oh, the, the writer does that. Hmm. And then all of a sudden she's with the writer <laughs> and then she goes up to the director. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny. It's worth a watch. If, uh, if you've never seen it, anybody listening, if, if you're trying to break into the film industry, it's yeah. definitely, there's some truth to it for sure. But sorry. So you're, now you're here. Where are you living at this point? In, uh, in Santa LA? Monica. Santa Monica. Oh, okay. Yeah. But whereabouts in Santa Monica? I'm close to the beach. Living the dream, baby. I'm a, not even a five-minute walk. That's cool. Yeah. You know, every part of... I talk to a lot of artists on this about, like, areas of town. As an artist, you've got Silver Lake, or you've got downtown yeah. scene, or you've got, like, Hermosa Beach now, where I am have a gallery um, that represents me, has its own little scene. Is it similar with uh, the film industry? Or, um, like, filmmakers? I don't know, because I don't, I don't really get out much. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I get out, it seems like there's something either in centralized or east side. It just, there hardly seems to be things. I, I go to well, you know, pre-pandemic. I would, most of my outings were to movie theaters. Or yeah, same. Go to like double double bills and yeah, stuff. I, I I searched out stuff that was being presented in film. Mm-hmm. So I would go to those theaters. Nice, yeah. and then randomly show up at uh art galleries <laughs> <laughs> i remember i had a show at la luz de jesus and uh, i didn't even know you were showing up and at one moment where my wife and i are like looking at some work and i just turned to the left <laughs> you're just smiling like right next to me that was great um it's like the gallery version of photo bombing you, ga- you gallery bomb that one so you're uh so what year is this when you're back i came back in 2013 2013 okay yeah I met you 2017. So what are you doing 2013 to 2017? Uh, some extra work and PA work. Mm-hmm. Lots of truck driving. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was driving trucks for music videos and re- reality shows. Did you see yourself doing music videos or did you always know you were going to do like... Oh, I, w- I always wanted to be in features in, in television. Okay. But along the way, I had, to, I had to do music videos and I had to do reality TV. Yeah, you do what you can. And then you're still writing screenplays at the yeah. time. And when did you write Midnight? I know you co-wrote it, but. 2017. Oh, okay. Yeah, 2018. 2018. Were you writing it when, when we met? No, I had, a, I had the base idea. 
I had a base idea when we met. I just jotted down. Did you have the idea before you met Jamie? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was it yeah. was originally your idea, and then you kind of co-wrote it yeah, with her. Co-wrote it with her. Just we we're. She was looking to act. I was looking to make something. And she's a good writer as well. So I asked for her help. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. So that kind of brings us up to speed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you didn't talk about the. Uh, I want to talk to you about the Marine Corps a little bit. You know, we don't have to talk too much about yeah, it. Whatever. But, yeah. but um, you went to what is it? Cuba, Greece, yeah. Ireland. Yeah. How long were you in the Marines and how long were you stationed at these places? Four years. Uh, and those were deployments. Those weren't, I was stationed in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Okay. And we, we deployed to those places. Uh, after 9 11, we had attacked Afghanistan. We had just bombed Afghanistan. And uh, they came into the office saying, we need volunteers to do something that's involved with Afghanistan. We don't know if it's shipping you to Afghanistan or if it's just something around here. And I raised my hand, and it was, uh, they shipped us to Cuba. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah. Greece, I'm, I'm glad you didn't go to Afghanistan. Yeah. <laughs> In hindsight, me too, but back then I was disappointed. Oh, you were ready to go? I was ready to go, yeah. Ready for some action. I was. But I was an admin clerk, so it wasn't like, why would, why would they send me? Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, why would they send me there? I just wanted to be. Yeah, I wanted it's to the be, action, yeah. I guess. Yeah. How did you get to Greece and Ireland? Those were exercises with um nato nato exercises oh cool yeah. okay did you have like a favorite place that you were greece was greece is beautiful yeah yeah we were up in Thessaloniki. um i didn't i didn't get to see any i didn't get to athens or anything like that yeah but Thessaloniki was gorgeous the waters were so clear the people were beautiful it was mm-hmm. it was a wonderful place yeah, yeah. where'd you go in ireland that was an airport stop on the way to. Oh, okay. <laughs> on the way you didn't get a chance to see much of uh, Yeah, it, yeah. It was uh, Dublin. Uh, we, we were there for a few hours, but it still culturally impacted me because uh, Ireland is a unique place. Yeah. yeah, we. I did. Did I tell you we went there on our honeymoon? You went to Ireland? Yeah. Nice. We did a little uh, self drive thing. Mm-hmm. We were gonna. We didn't know anything about it. I mean, I just. I have a lot of ancestors from there, but um, she's from Italy, so we're gonna go Italy next. But yeah. we went. We went to Dublin. And then we like rented a car and we just drove across the country. We didn't go up to Northern Ireland, but we yeah. went the south over to Galway and then drove across. You can drive that whole island in right. like a day. It's insane. Yeah. But we saw so much, I mean, so much culture there. Beautiful. Like it didn't rain once when we were there, which was weird. Yeah. Checked out the pubs, checked out all the castles, went to, you know, kiss the Blarney Stone, all the normal stuff, right. you know, but it was cool. It was great. Um, most I did was order Guinness at an Irish bar. <laughs> ask ask hey. an Irish man where an ATM is, yeah. and he told me, and I it was an old Irish man. I could not understand a single word he said. You're for an ATM. You go over there. Yeah, it's funny. It, that was one thing too. I remember being in uh, in the south. We were was it Kilkenny? I think we were in Kilkenny. We were going to Cork, and one of the bed and breakfasts we were at. The guy was. It was funny because he was making fun of other Irish accents. Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, you got to be careful when you go to Cork. They, they talk to their teeth like this. And, it's like, <laughs> and it was just funny to hear another Irishman make fun of another Irishman. So I guess they have that everywhere. Oh, hey, ordering a Guinness in Ireland is half the battle. Yeah, it was probably more than one Guinness. But. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I was, it was funny. I wasn't even really drinking at the time, but I was like, I'm in Ireland. Got to go to the pub. Their pub scene there is so different from the United States. I feel like we just drink here yeah. to just get hammered, you know? Right. And they, it's just part of their culture. It's like everybody goes out, bars, pubs close at 10. Oh, wow. And then everybody's home. 
you get some sleep, get up and go to work. You know, they'll go have like three pints. I mean, there's definitely some people who drink a lot there too. But um, it just felt kind of like a social thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I know we do that here a bit too, but I just feel like there's a, an element of I'm going to get freaking hammered. <laughs> so, I mean, I did that. So you drink still or, or no? Oh, uh, yeah, occasionally. Yeah, occasionally. I've, I've, I've cut back a lot. And I, I'll go through spurts months long where I would, I'm not having a single drink. Yeah. I think we talked about that in yeah. 2017 because I, I stopped drinking in, uh, when was it? 2015-ish, 2016. Yeah. yeah, never looked back. So you've been, what is it, twice selected as a Latino scholar? Yeah. What is that, the NALIP? National Association of Latino Independent Producers. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, what is it, a fellow for the nonprofit Veterans and Media and Entertainment? Yeah, right. Uh, that's yeah. cool, man. So how did you get selected, and how is that? It's a whole application process. Yeah. And you have to, it's one of those things where you just apply and you hope you get it. And I got to attend their media summit, and, uh, and it, was, it was great. It was Right there in Hollywood and at the uh, at the mall there in Hollywood and Highland. Nice. The top floor up there, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's a, there were a whole bunch of Q and A's, and you get to mingle with other producers and. That's cool. Yeah, you know, people that have made it to a, a level you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Somebody, some people who pull some weight <clears throat> in the industry. Yeah. Have you felt like it's opened any doors for you? Yeah, it has. Nice. It has. Yeah. I'm interested in the screenplay thing. When I first came down here. I wrote a screenplay. Yeah. I remember I was working at Trader Joe's and I would like run home every night and like uh-huh. get a big thing of orange boom and just like pound out a screenplay. I remember loving writing it. How often do you write? All the time. All the time? I'm still writing all the time. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And are these ideas, like what's your process? Like, are you, are you developing ideas? Are you doing like, I had a friend who did just like character development um, or are it, you just writing screenplays? It started off as like, I got to write the character down where who their parents were, where they went to high school and all yeah. that stuff. But then uh, I kind of left that part of the process behind and said, I'll let the actors figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just come up with a idea and a, a plot and how to get to point A to point B to point C. Mm-hmm. And then I'll spend my time writing on that. Yeah. It's interesting to let an actor do their own work too and kind of right. contribute to the process yeah. in that way. Did you learn that? Like the hard way, like were you doing something was, and you're like, oh, this is a waste of time. Yeah, I, was, I felt like I was wasting time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I still do things like I give the character traits or I give it like there's some things I'll write down for the character. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, well, this character uh, was fired from six jobs or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know I still do th- things in the past that helps me figure out how they would react to certain situations in, mm-hmm. in the story. I know a lot of people I know. I wrote, like, I've written some novels, and, like, I know I write from experience. Do you write from experience yeah. as well? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what do you do as far as getting more experience, cultivating experience? Do you have any techniques you do, or is it just something that you just pull from your from your life, whatever's going on? I just pull from my life, and I did a lot in my life, too. I've done a lot. Like, uh, the military, mm-hmm. all the odd jobs I had coming up. Was that Werner Herzog says, if you want to be a filmmaker, go be a bouncer at a strip club in South America or something like that. Hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. It's right. It's like Bukowski too. I mean, why is this stuff so fascinating? Because yeah. he was always, I mean, it's not like he was traveling to Europe and he, I mean, he didn't have a lot of money. He wasn't like a Hemingway type character, but right. he, um, he did the odd jobs, you know, he had the crazy 
women yeah. <laughs> experiences when, living in hotels you know Bukowski, when he had when he was broke he was drinking in downtown la bars and when he had money he would be drinking at like the beverly hills hotel yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that was that's what he do going money. to musso and franks <laughs> yeah. you know yeah but yeah i mean just getting life experience i think that's the same for artists too i mean yeah. anybody like the deeper your experience is like the deeper the well that you have to draw from so i'm always like encouraging people to do that i don't know how you feel about nowadays but i feel like there's a lot of social media influence where it kind of people get really excited to do something or they get excited yeah. to show their work, which is great. Yeah. But before they almost have the experience to right. show it. Right. Do you feel like that's something that's kind of lacking right now? I think the market is flooded with content. Yeah. And they're always looking for content. Uh, I just think the content has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they might still, they might waste my time still writing feature films. And should I focus on other things? You know, right. That's what I think about. Yeah. So what do you think about that? I think it would behoove me to write a couple pilots, but mm-hmm. I, I just love the movie theater experience so much that it, too, it, it's it's what I, I mean, I loved it when I was a kid. But you can get that with streaming too, right? I mean, it's not the, it's not the theater. I just, I guess I meant, I completely agree with you. I grew up in the movie theaters. Like yeah. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I meant as far as just from a content standpoint of like doing a long form, right. you do a film and still have it be seen. It's not the same is experiencing in a th- movie theater with a bunch of people. But um, it's like not going away. Right. That's what I meant. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I completely agree with that. But you think there's like a little bit more short form? Oh, yeah. There's short form like television. easier digested. Uh, network TV shows. Mm-hmm. That it's funny. You won't watch a two-hour movie, but you'll sit for six hours. You'll binge watch a whole series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that? I don't know. I mean, I do I it too. Know. I did it. I, I've. It was, it's a phenomenon. I did it when I when I was introduced to Breaking Bad. Oh my God, yeah. man! Breaking Bad. Yeah, and Jesse. <laughs> yeah, um, I love Breaking Bad. I, I, have you watched that again? I have. Yeah. I watch it all the time. It's so good, yeah. man. I, there's a few, only a few series that I'll do that with. Yeah. Dexter, I watched again. I just I haven't seen Dexter. You haven't seen Dexter? No. They got a new season. I saw the trailer for it. Yeah. I haven't seen the trailer. I'm trying to like keep away from it, but I'm excited about it. But. uh Breaking Bad is so much fun because you can kind of watch it the second time without as much anxiety. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then just kind of appreciate. But also, like, uh, I remember I went and bought season one at, at uh, Best Buy at one of their, it was uh, the Black Friday. Uh-huh. So the weekend sell. And I went and bought season one. By the end of the weekend, I had season two and three on Blu-ray. <laughs> and then I had to wait for season four and season yeah. five. And then they took that break in the middle of the last season, you know. Well, that's one thing that's changed is... People don't wait as much anymore. No. Like now they'll release a whole season on Netflix, which I think is cool. But also, instead of watching something as it's airing, people will wait for it to come out like so they can just watch the whole thing. I think that was part of what was great about Breaking Bad is you had you had to wait one week. Yeah. And then at the end of the season, you had to wait a few months. <laughs> yeah. Well, we did half. We, <clears throat> we didn't get into it right away. So I think we watched the first three seasons like binged yeah. and then we're like fuck now we gotta wait yeah. so we were used to just being able to watch it back to back and then we couldn't anymore but it yeah but it it adds a little anticipation yeah. um you kind of savor it a bit more although the fucking commercials man yeah. horrible <laughs> uh, if you could if you could do it without that yeah. uh because that pulls you out of it yeah and so, it was amc so they probably had more commercials than network television they did and then the more popular breaking bad got the more commercials my parents i remember they told me because they watched it from the beginning on amc and they were like watching the commercials change has been interesting it went from like 
erectile dysfunction ads <laughs> to really mainstream <laughs> stuff. So, but anyway, it's funny to see how that changes. Are you kind of like changing your focus at all? Or are you are you thinking about doing some pilots? I'm, I'm going to write some. I have some pilots in the on the pipeline that I'm going to write. Uh, I'm just I'm working on a feature right now. Nice. I'm trying to secure funding for. That's my focus right now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get funding for this feature. Hello. Okay. Sorry, I thought I wasn't recording. Oh. Um, we lost keep... everything. Oh yeah, let's do this. Let's do you want to keep recording this, or it's up to you. Up to you. I don't we're... know how much space you have on your phone. I think we're good. Let's okay. get, let's keep it rolling a little bit. Okay. Um, and then you can cut it down as much as you want. Have, have doors been opening more for you since you have started winning some awards on the festival circuit? Um, a little bit. I think I have to get into bigger festivals. Yeah. 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 But I'm sure it's helped. It's helped a bit. It has helped. Yeah. You know. Um, my bosses will watch my film and <laughs> they, they enjoyed it. So that's a great thing. Oh, good. Yeah. Nice. It's so hard to just get people to sit down and watch yeah. your shit. You know what I mean? Not yeah. shit, but like your stuff. Um, I, I, it's the same thing with the art world, getting people to come to shows. Like when you showed up, like I, I never expect anybody to show up to any show. So when they do, <laughs> it's just kind of a bonus. I don't know if it's similar with you with, uh, with your. They, they, they ask me for links, you know? Yeah. Like, where can I watch your film? Right. You, I, you see where I I posted it. <laughs> <laughs> I posted the link where you could buy a ticket to watch it. Yeah. But, uh, they keep asking me to. Well, people are so distracted nowadays. Yeah. Man. It's like if they reach out to the filmmaker himself and they'll, they'll, they'll get to watch it for free, but no. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. If you're listening. <laughs> well, it's hard. I think, um, I mean, I think we've all done it. Like being in LA, being, you know, bombarded with so much shit, yeah. being busy with your own stuff. It's easy to kind of come across as flaky. I think that's why LA gets yeah. such a bad name. There are a lot of flakes here too, sure. but um, I try to be supportive as much as I can, yeah. but I find that you, the more people you know, and the more people you work with, you kind of start spreading yourself a little thin. Right. Um, how have you found yourself kind of evolving with social media? Are you using social media for filmmaking? Are you using different platforms, like new platforms? However you want to answer that. Uh, I use Instagram a lot, mm-hmm. especially now that they added Reels. Yeah. Uh, I, They're pushing I, that. I love I love that. I could put out a 15-second short film a day if I wanted to. <laughs> you know, that, I love Reels. Is that kind yeah. of their answer to TikTok? I think so, yeah. 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 And I, I hopped on TikTok, but it, it's not the platform for me. I didn't like yeah. it either. I tried it. I like it. Uh, and then I just started getting back on Twitter and uh, Twitter is having a resurgence. Yeah. I hated Twitter for the longest time. Me too. And then I, I finally got it on my phone and I, I thought, Oh, this is too easy to send a random thought. But <laughs> 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 so I'm, I'm, I'm liking Twitter now, Yeah, um, but I stay away from the political side of it. I just, I keep it filmmaking related or that's the way to do it. Yeah. I think, that's the thing that Twitter got a bad name for at the beginning. It was so much a source of negativity, I think, and, mm-hmm. and politics. And one thing I'm hearing a lot from people, <clears throat> I still can't get over that, my past experience with it. But yeah. I hear from a lot of people that it's a really good source of, not inspiration, but um, there are little like micro groups in there that kind of boost each other. Like mm-hmm. you get involved with this and then they're very supportive. Uh, yeah. That's something that I didn't really find in Twitter when I first started. Are you right. finding that too? I'm finding it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, and filmmakers. I'm, and I'm following filmmaking pages and yeah. photography pages and following some actors and directors. And, yeah. Um, but I'm keeping it at that. I'm not 
I don't want to follow any journalists or any news sources or anything like that. Yeah. It's nice right now to take a break from the news. I yeah. feel like we were so another another thing we were bombarded with every day. Yeah. Your phone going off, yeah. like what's going on? You couldn't avoid it. Right. Now it's it's kind of nice to just take a little breather, you know? Right. And kind of refocus too. I took all that off of my phone. I turned Good. off all notifications. Like every day is a crisis, you know? Yeah. Do you mind if we take a quick pee break? Sure. Good. I'm going to I'm going to make sure we don't lose all this. Okay. Well, she wouldn't be starting from scratch, but she'd, no. have, to, she'd have to build up her clientele. Yeah, she had to build up her clientele. I think she's talented enough to where it, it, she wouldn't have to be a barista or a bartender right. or anything like that. But it's it causes anxiety for her to think about picking up oh and starting gosh. over again. You know. Oh, yeah. And then there's, well, I don't know anymore, but there's probably more competition right here, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. If you got a good thing going... There. Let it, let it ride as long as possible. Let it ride, exactly. Yeah. And maybe she'll end up transitioning a little easier yeah. into. Uh, we're talking about Tony's new girlfriend, <laughs> photographer. Yeah. Mm. We're also talking during our extended pee break about <laughs> drinking and anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were saying, um, oh, yeah, because anxiety for me, it was like I had anxiety and I would just be like, well, I'm going to drink and then I'm going to feel great. And then the next day I would feel horrible and anxious and then i have to go to work and it would just be you know so much exacerbated yeah, yeah. what's that you're lethargic and lethargic yeah. and you're depleted of uh you know serotonin and yeah. whatever it is it just it was a nasty cocktail so you kind of get into a little bit of a routine of like okay i'm gonna drink again and i'll feel better again yeah um, i don't know if it was similar for you but when i stopped it was like oh okay now I have to deal with the things that I'm actually anxious about, like the roots of these things. Yeah. And it was great. Like I, I was ready for it. Like I was doing, right. I was doing kind of like meditation stuff for a long time before uh-huh. that. And a little bit of a spiritual, not like really spiritual, but kind of Eckhart Tolle type stuff yeah. where I was getting more in tune with just silence and being with myself. Yeah. So I kind of was able to handle it. But, um, but yeah, man, I can understand why people quit and then they're just like, oh my God, just bombarded with all these feelings that yeah. they've never felt before or had to deal with. Um, did you have things like that or no? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I was drinking a lot and, you know, then I think, uh, the doctor told me, well, it was no one else would tell me, but the doctor told me I was getting close to being pre-diabetic mm, mm-hmm. and, uh, were you, were you drinking like just regular alcohol or sugary drinks? I was, or what? I was drinking beers and, and liquors and wines. I mean, it all turns into yeah. sugar in your system, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. And then that kind of prompted something. It's still take it's still a process to quit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like I still occasionally drink, and there's you know there's friends that will invite me out, and I have to think about if I want to go out with them because I know yeah. if I go out with them, it's 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 an all night. It's gonna know, be you know, late. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be late. And it's gonna be several drinks. So, uh, oh yeah. And for me nowadays, I mean, I did that for so long. There's part of me that's like I wasted so much time. Uh, I also got a lot of art out of it and I got a lot yeah. of books and stuff out of it. So I, I'm not, I wasn't completely wasted, but I just feel like the productivity was wasted. Like when I, yeah. nowadays, if I drank like last night, let's say I would not want to do this podcast. Right. I would not want to get up and put a painting up like I did mm-hmm. today online and start marketing it. I just wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would sleep until 11. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to run or. Yeah, exactly. Or, exactly. or spend the. First couple hours writing before work calls start coming in and whatnot. Yeah, yeah just imagine how much more you accomplish. 
And then, and then the whole thing about like the societal thing, the pressure of it yeah. so ingrained in everything. Yeah, yeah. I really agree with this stuff that the Pete Holmes says about the whole, like alcohol makes you it's bitch type thing. Yeah. I mean, it really does. It's right. uh, like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm a slave to this. I have to go out. And if I'm going to go out, I got to drink. And then I got to, I got to do this. And you got to, you watch a an advertisement on TV. It makes you want to drink. You know, you go to a Super Bowl yeah. party, you're going to drink. You're going to, yeah. it's all, it's almost like required. Yeah. So getting, set with yourself being kind of rooted enough that you can go hang out in those environments without doing it. Yeah. Kind of empowering. Right. The funny thing is people don't even notice, yeah. you know, like you can, you can show yeah. up with like a, a club soda and people will be like, Oh, he's drinking. You know? Yeah. <laughs> because the thing that I really noticed when I stopped drinking was people are so obnoxious when they drink, like they right. start just talking about yeah. themselves, blah, 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 blah. And oh, and then they're not listening to you when you're talking. I was like, man, I hope I wasn't like this. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, <laughs> alcohol is is the both the best and the worst anti anxiety drug. Completely, yeah, completely. And it's uh, it, it can give you enough courage to go talk to that girl at the bar, or it can give you enough courage to just wait at the Taco Bell drive through at two thirty in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Oh, yeah, or yeah. or worse, or yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah, right. But it sounds like you are at a good place. Like yeah, you I'm. I'm a, you don't have to drink. I'm. I'm weaning myself off. I'm. I don't have to drink. Uh, mm-hmm. Like my my girl likes to. We, we like to go have a couple cocktails every once in a while, some margaritas or something. Yeah. But um, other than that, like or some wine. Yeah. But there's no urge to catch that feeling of like stumbling home and. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna turn this into a yeah. five in the morning thing. Mm-hmm. Man, I watch so many sunrises. <laughs> without you know without ever going to bed i've talked about this on on the podcast too it's one of those things where now i use a lot of that for my art Mm -hmm. and i'm sure you use a lot in your writing yeah you've experienced it enough now that you can kind of revisit it in your mind without having to actually do it anymore and that's a powerful place to be i think because i think that's why a lot of artists you know whatever die young or or they end up having a problem or fade away kind of you know burnout um they're, they're just too into that. They can't separate themselves from it. Now it's right. like, it's kind of like a trick, you know? Oh, okay. I can remember this. I can get myself into that place without having to actually be there. And then I'll still create something yeah. as if I'm in that state of mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have that experience ever? Yeah, no, I could definitely use it as inspiration. Like the memories of yes. that stuff. But um, I think, it, I, I, I don't know. I think it's better to just not experience it in the first place, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, it would be, but <laughs> it's it's hard to not. Yeah. Especially living in this country. Right. Yeah. It's, I think it's definitely ingrained in society. Yeah. 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 Do you, uh, if you don't mind me asking, is there any personal history with midnight, like any of that, or is that just kind of a something you? No, there there is some personal history to it, but it not like what happened in the story didn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you didn't know D. No, my girlfriend did an OD, but um, I, I mean, I definitely knew I knew people who I met that had died of overdoses or yeah. or killed themselves when life started getting really tough. Yeah, yeah. I, me too. I mean, I think I think everybody at this point, like, if you, you get to a certain age, you, you're going to have some people you know that have that have been hit by that. Yeah. Um, but the story of it remind me: is it the girlfriend's? boyfriend who who dies yes yeah, well the main character is the sister yes and the second main character is the girlfriend of, oh, okay of the brother so in the yeah. diner scene 
I think she's blonde. Yeah. The one that's sitting across from her is that that's the girlfriend. Yeah. Gotcha. That's the girlfriend. The sister goes for revenge. Yeah. Right. And she looks at the girlfriend like this fuck up. Like, I don't want I, I don't want anything from you. Just give me the address. You know? Like she enabled him kind yeah. of. Yeah. That's cool. I can't wait to see it. So I wanted to ask you about a couple of things. Sure. So we talked about screenwriting a little bit. Yeah. I'm interested in that process, but I know you're interested in Kintsugi or Kintsugi. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I had Christina Smith on here. Christina Elizabeth Smith. She's also interested in Kintsugi. You work yeah, yeah. with Kintsugi. I do it. I, nice. I frequently. So tell me about it. like how did you get interested in it and tell people I guess well, what it is first of all because some people didn't listen to the other episode. Sure. Well, Kintsugi is is an ancient Japanese practice of rejoining broken pottery with uh, lacquer and powdered gold. Mm-hmm. You mix the lacquer and the powdered gold together and it accentuates the cracks of the pottery, but now it's reusable again and it's even more beautiful with the cracks. Yes. You know? Not hiding the cracks. It's not hiding the cracks. It's actually exposing them and making them front and center. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of uh, can be a metaphor for... Our, our lives. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So how long have you been doing this and how often do you do it, you know, in your life? I do it frequently. I've been doing probably since 2015. Nice. So five, six years. I mean, Sorry. it's, no, it's okay. right now. Yeah. So. I keep giving you, I keep filling you full of, uh, <laughs> club suds. Soda. Me suds and, <laughs> you know, LaCroix and club soda. LaCroix man. and club soda. It's a de- deadly combination. So, it's it's an artistic process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a it's an art form. It's therapeutic. I I immersed myself in the symbolism of it and just started breaking mugs and plates and you know. Oh, so you you actually, well, I guess it started probably with something you'd broken. I saw your yeah. short film you made yeah. of the FU or the fuck you mug or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The fuck, fuck it mug. <laughs> fuck it mug. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That was something that was already broken, right? Yeah. yeah. So was yeah. that your first or, or That was my first. Cool. That was the first. Nice. Uh, I started an Instagram page, but I didn't want to keep up with the Instagram page. I wanted to yeah. keep it for myself. Yeah. You know, it's a thing for me. It's like, um, those, those, that, and I play a little bit of piano and a little bit of guitar, but I do that therapeutically. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't want to play for people. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's nice to have some of that stuff yeah. just for yourself. I mean, you don't have to like put out into the world. That's so rare yeah. these days. Everybody wants to, if you've got any talent. Instagram, YouTube, yeah. TikTok, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes just doing it for its own sake to get some therapy out of it for yourself yeah. is great. But do you do you do kintsugi every month or? I do it a couple times week? a month. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Do you feel like you're getting better at it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because from somebody on the outside, it would just be like, oh, you're just putting, you're just like gluing stuff back together. <laughs> what yeah, is it? That's what it's essentially what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but <laughs> except I, you're I, using epoxy and powdered gold, so it's like yeah. Take us through the process. Is it is it difficult? Like, do you have to get a mixture right, or uh, no? I think the thing you have to get right is the amount you put on on the mug mm-hmm. or on the piece of ceramic before you put the other piece together because it glues quick. So if you put a lot, it's going to gloop out and just you know it's, it's a big thick line and whatever. So is that like a no no? Well, the I don't, I don't know. I'm one of I don't know what what the no nos are. I'm, <laughs> I'm just uh, someone who appreciated it. Um, yeah. That's I do cool. want to go to Japan and take a kintsugi class, and uh, I know there's a couple of people that offer kintsugi classes in Japan. That would be awesome. Yeah. I would like to do that too. Uh, you've been to Japan? No, 
I haven't. I went after college once. I had um, my ex-girlfriend. We had a bunch of Japanese friends. Like she did yeah. ESL, and we just ended up going and like staying with all these people we knew. And we got to go to Kyoto and Nagoya and mm-hmm. and Tokyo, and we did like local bond dances and and stayed with families. It was amazing. Like just non-touristy place. Like we were like the first foreigners in a sushi restaurant. Wow. It was yeah, it was amazing. But um, I love that culture. Mm-hmm. I love the care that they put into everything. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. it seems like everything's just kind of slowed down and done Absolutely. precision, you know? Precision and appreciation. Yeah. Yeah. Do you put any of that kind of stuff? Do you ever get any, I might be reaching here, <laughs> but do you, do you put any of that into your practice? Like, have you learned anything from the Kintsugi that you could apply to like filmmaking, screenwriting? Yeah. Um, it's the trust the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's appreciate where you are because you, it's very easy to look at yourself at different aspects of your career or different points of your career and say, I'm, I'm fucking this up. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm what am I doing? I'm going to go back to Austin, be a mailman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. But does it, um, I would assume it would make you feel like exposing some of the cracks, like in your own process are okay yeah. too. Like, Oh, Absolutely. some of the flaws. Yeah. Like the, in art, it would be the happy accident, right? Yeah. Like exposing like something you didn't mean to do. Sometimes that ends up being like the best part of your painting. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and then you, uh, there's different ways to approach things after, uh, after like embedding yourself with that philosophy. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, how do I say this? It's like um, what you would flip out over messing up in the past. You can say, oh, okay, let me, I mean, adjust accept that i just fucked up or accept that i just did something different than i normally do and then uh let's let's uh figure out how to do it from here and adapt exactly about adapting yeah adapting and i would assume learning from it right absolutely um that's cool i love it it kind of reminds me of like a meditative practice you know Mm -hmm. because obviously it's more internal with meditation but you're what you're doing is you're you're getting used to kind of almost like the cracks in your own mind, mm-hmm. you know, in your own subconscious yeah. things that you're dealing with pain, uh, maybe trauma, even you're sitting there and you're just sitting with it yeah. and you're, you're breathing through it and you're just letting it happen mm-hmm. without judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds very similar, yeah, but in kind of like a tangible form. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so we talk about on this podcast, I always ask people about their creative process. <laughs> Same with the origin story. I was asked about your superpower. Like, is there something that you do? Uh, for example, let's say you're screenwriting yeah. or you're coming up with a mm-hmm. idea for a film. I'm sure you experience blocks just like everybody else does, or, mm-hmm. or maybe you're just not feeling it in the moment. Yeah. Is there something you do that kind of gets you into that creative mindset? It's really just about doing it. It's really just about sitting down and doing it. I, yeah. I feel like with blocks, distractions are too easy mm-hmm. or, or, there are too many ways to experience a distraction that you can just say, you can just chop it up to, to a block. And then uh, I don't really feel that I get blocks. I feel that I get, I'll get lazy and, yeah. and not sit down for the two hours or three hours, four hours that I need to sit down for. I have the same thing. I don't, I don't ever, I'd never experienced a writer's block or any sort of ideas are not a problem for me, No, but there are problems with like, making excuses, procrastination. Yeah. And you're right. It's just sitting down. Yeah. Like it will come. That's the hard thing. That's the thing about being professional 
um, the difference between being like just a hobby artist and a professional artist is like, okay, you show up. Like mm-hmm. even when you're not feeling it, you yeah. show up, you sit yeah. down, and then things come out of that. Right. Just doing it, right. the act of doing it. I'm sure it's different as a filmmaker. It's like it's not like you can just always sit down and oh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna no, shoot. That, 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 <laughs> the thing is, you have to rely on other people to work with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How has that been? I'm interested in, in hearing like. I know things are changing so much. Do you see yourself in the future doing something that's like a more uh, immediate or using some sort of social media platform or some sort of app or whatever? Like, you know, people use YouTube, uh, Vimeo, whatever. Do you have anything in mind that you can start working with down the road as far as like being more immediate, not having to wait for like putting team together, right. you know, that kind of stuff? Um, I, I, that's why I love the reels on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I don't need anybody for that. Just Is that sh- just short form? I think you can make one between 15 and you can make it up to 30 seconds long. Oh, okay. So it is, it is short form. Yeah. TikTok's kind of similar, right? Yeah. Seconds or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I was listening to audible. Like they have these uh, artists in their own words, Cheryl Crow, Sting, mm-hmm. Billy Joe Armstrong, Lance Morissette. And Cheryl Crow was talking about it. She's like, Oh, I got this whole uh, album in me right now. And she's like, but people are not digesting albums anymore. So she just yeah. like would release singles. A single at a time. Do you think that's kind of the future or do you think people yeah. will still... That's the future. Yeah. With film too. Yeah, with film. I mean, even before the pandemic, theater numbers were looking weird, you know, looking low. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything, like they're releasing movies, streaming and in the theater at the same, on the same day. Yeah. You know, so I think it's, it's gearing towards not leaving your house (laughs) (laughs) never leaving your house yeah and even like i I know uh pete holmes was talking about this on the podcast people in the future are going to be interacting with film like it's going to be like a virtual reality type thing it's like why do i want to watch george clooney do this when i could be doing it like i could be the main character in this in this world i kind of hope it's not like that because i enjoy the escape absolutely like seeing somebody else doing something yeah but we'll see do you think that's that might it's be a something. It's something that we don't even can't even fathom right now. It's going to be yeah. something. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I like the idea of, of you know. I love streaming at home. I love watching stuff in my own, like yeah. little home theater, or whatever. But I just feel like we're going to be missing that whole kind of act of experiencing stuff together, mm-hmm. going to movie theater, hearing people laughing. Yeah. Although it was getting to a point where it was hard to go to a movie theater because people's cell phones, like you can't. People, the lights are going off all the time. They're on yeah. the phone. They're ta- yeah. they're answering in the theater. I remember back in the day when, you know, you go to the movies and people like behave themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, or they got into it. You know, they, or they got into it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So your superpower is just getting into it, getting into the process, just kind of putting things in motion. The thing is my superpower is something that everybody has in them, you know, but not everybody does it. It's no different than a kid in Idaho who wants to do it or somewhere around the world that wants to do it. Yeah. All you have to do is want it and then do it, you know. But it is the superpower because I've found in my own life, like in, in my in art practices, so many people say they want to do something, but yeah. then just doing it. That's what separates you or, or following through on something. Right. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make a podcast, for example. Like how many people do you hear? Oh, yeah. I'm going to make a podcast. But actually sitting down and putting it together and doing it is difficult. So yeah. it can be a superpower. What about like, Failures. Any failures you've experienced? I still fail to this day. I'm failing all the time. But but do you have one you can think of that was important to you, like stuck out in your memory, that something that was like a learning experience for you? 
Yeah, I mean, I've been fired from several set jobs, and this is back when I was doing art department stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been fired from several jobs that made me feel like uh, I wasn't up to par. You know, mm-hmm. did that focus you in another direction? Or? Yeah, I mean, I would go and write, and I would always go and write. When, like when I got fired, I would I would spend a couple hours writing. Yeah, when I got home, so you'd use the experience. I would. I would just. Yeah, I would just use it as um, motivation, I guess, for lack of a better term. But I would make myself go home and and do a couple hours of writing just to tell myself that what I just got fired from, although it feels like shit and the rejection sucks, uh, what I just got fired from is not what you came here to do. Yeah. Okay. Just just gather yourself and regain yourself and and find another way. It's basically taking something negative and going like, okay, I'm not going to let this, you know, be pervasive in my life. I'm going to go and do the thing that I'm supposed to do. It's like, it's like a shot of healthy self-esteem. Like, oh yeah, this is what I'm, this is what I'm supposed to do. Sure. Yeah. But I never felt that self-esteem, that healthy self-esteem when I was doing it. I always felt, uh, I always felt terrible, but I still. But did it make you feel better? The the act of like coming home and pounding out some writing or whatever. Yeah. Some like some vengeful writing. Yeah, that's good too. It know? definitely helped. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's cool. So, what are you working on now? I have a another short film in post production, and I have a short film I'm doing in pre production. And I am uh, I'm doing all this in the meantime while I'm waiting for funding to come through for the feature. And I figured, why sit around and wait for money to come through, and when there's no guarantee that the money would come through? Yeah. Uh, and I figure that putting out these films will give me better opportunities, better chances to showcase and to give me better, put me in a better position to be able to do that feature at the end of the year or next year or whatever. And, and maybe get some more eyeballs mm-hmm. on your work. Yeah. So what's the short film about? Uh, there's the one that's in post-production right now. It's about a guy who tries to have a good day, but he's got a head on his shoulder. Oh, constantly bringing him down. Like an actual, like a little head. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, that one's called you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what the the head says yeah. to him? Yeah, yeah. You fucking idiot. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's a manifestation of his anxiety. <laughs> that's great. I can't wait. And then the feature. What's that going to be? Well, it's it's about gentrification in Austin. Ah. It's set in a dark comedy. We've come full circle. Yeah. Set in a very dark comedy. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, that's cool. So, will you film it in Austin? Yeah, I would yeah. shoot it in Austin. Wouldn't that be funny if you didn't film it in Austin? Yeah. We filmed it in Toronto. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's cool. And then that would be fun to do that at a film festival in yeah. Austin, like have that showcase there. That'd be great. Yeah. Do you think the gentrification of Austin is negatively impacting the film industry there? I mean, I. Th- or, oh, or or the art the arts in, in general. I think the art scene is going to evolve. I mean, everything does evolve. It's like you're not going to have like those uh, dirty blues bars that yes. you know that were like in a shack way on the east side, and they they served you beer out of a cooler. And right. <laughs> you know? dude, that's one of those things where I've seen that everywhere. I, I don't know why we can't get that right. It's like. Culver City. Let's take Culver City, for yeah. example. When I first came into town, that's where I landed. I loved it. It felt like a small town in the middle of a huge city. Yeah. 
and it was kind of vibrant. It, but it had dive bars and it had like it had the studios around it, but it was it was kind of like my place. Yeah. And there was an art scene and. I don't know. I just felt like it was where I evolved as a human being and as an mm-hmm. artist. Mm-hmm. And now you can't rent anything there for like less than $5,500. Wow. And what kind of artist? Yeah. It's not already famous, right? Or I'm, and I'm using artist broadly, right? Whether you're an actor, yeah. a musician or a painter, nobody can, uh, nobody can afford to live there. Mm-hmm. And so your whole creative scene just evaporates. Yeah. You know, it vanishes. So yeah. why can't we get that right? Like, why can't we retain, like, why can't we evolve in areas, but still retain that kind of creative environment that made it cool in the first place? Yeah. You know what I mean? It just yeah. ends up becoming stale. I yeah. hate to see that. Is that what's going on in Austin? In Austin, in my opinion, yeah. Yeah. Austin's a pretty... Shots still, fired on Austin play. here. No, no. Stale place. I mean, it's trendy, no, it's definitely people, trendy. people will love it and have fun there when they go. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you're also talking to an old school Austinite, you know? Sure. Yeah. Maybe what I say is completely outdated, you know? Maybe. Maybe, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but do you see the same thing happening with like, I know there's a big uh, musician scene there, for example. Yeah. Do you see musicians not being able to afford to live there and, and, and create? Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't live there. I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, yeah. I, but, your, I, but your girlfriend lives there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I know Austin, they did this thing where some condos were built downtown and then they were complaining about the noise. Mm-hmm. And in my mind is it's like you move downtown <laughs> a place that caters to live music. What do you, what do you expect? What do you expect? Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I know the I know um, with the tech industry moving there, that's going to bring. I mean, it's going to bring some vibrancy and in, in a certain way, but it's also going to be it's going to be yeah, like what like, happened in San Francisco and everything. You know, it's yeah. like, nobody can afford to to live there. Um, I, I I I think that's probably part of the reason why there was such a homeless explosion yeah. in San Francisco, right? Oh, there's a homeless explosion in Austin too. I just can't. And in LA, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so you saw it there when yeah. you were there last? Oh, time? yeah. Yeah, like on on the street to my parents' house, there were never homeless people there. And now there's people that just sit on the corner in lawn chairs and and uh, tents. You know, yeah, it's, it's very odd to see. Well, and I'm sure you think the pandemic has kind of exacerbated that, or I don't know. I'm well, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, it's yeah. on some level it had to have. So, where do you see yourself? Where do you see your art? Where do you see your your films? Like in five years, what do you have any goals for? Um, yeah, I want distribution. I want theater distribution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Are there going to be theaters to distribute? <laughs> you know? Well, then at least streaming distribution. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's, I think, the thing that really is is a big uh, question mark right now. I know a lot of uh, theaters, theater companies caved during the pandemic. It was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. It was kind of going yeah. in that direction. Uh, I hear my dad talk about this all the time. But I still think it's going to survive, man. Like, there's been yeah. so many things that TV is going to be the death of, of theater, you yeah. know, streaming is going to, computers are going to be the, like uh, rent, uh, blockbuster is going to be the death of theater and yeah. they all survive. So I think there's still going to be, I think there's going to be an outlet for film and for people to kind of come and congregate. It just might yeah. not be as, you know, widespread. I hope. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. I'm sure it will. Yeah. I hope so. Well, it's, so it's another f- experience for people to do like, you know, people are going to want to get out of the house. Yes. Yeah. I mean, are we all just going to be 
in our little bubbles like the rest of our lives? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, that's something that the pandemic is, is exposed to. I mean, I think we need, we need, we need to be around people, you know, we need to have some kind of shared experiences. Yeah. And for the record, I, I, I don't. It's not that I think Austin is lame. It's my hometown. It's that <laughs> you know, whenever you see a loved one make a choice and you don't like the choice, you're always extra critical on that choice. Oh, definitely. No, I don't think it comes across that way. I, I think it, it comes out of love. Like you want that place to be cool, you know. Like yeah. you want LA to be cool. I want <clears throat> films to be shot in LA. Yeah. I worked with an organization called Bring Hollywood Home. It was all about raising money to to keep the film industry here. Yeah, and. Uh, I think that's done out of love. Yeah, you're, you have to expose a problem to change it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's cool. You're going to get a lot of hate mail from uh, Austin. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, Is Austin a big market for your podcast? Oh, yeah, huge. We're huge in Austin. Austin and uh, South America. Uh, but I've got family in South America. Yeah. I'm sure that's part, part of it. Well, uh, last question. Any advice to, uh, to young Tony coming up? Your years of wisdom accumulated yeah uh i mean this can be life wisdom or it can be advice to yourself as a filmmaker yeah um work hard uh save your money and invest invest your money sooner um in crypto uh trust yourself more Mm -hmm. and trust that you're learning and trust that it doesn't have to be perfect yes and know that you're just starting out and it's going to suck for a little bit. Your art will be bad, but you will be learning with each thing you do. That's good advice. Yeah. And uh, use the suck. Yeah. <laughs> use the suck as motivation to get better. Yeah. I was one of those people, I don't know about you. I was one of those people that always thought when I was starting out, I thought my stuff was like gold. Right. And now I look back at it and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Some of it was gold, but some of it was like, okay, I'm learning. And uh, I do think you have to balance that out. Like you got to have the, the drive to move forward and keep creating, right. but also realize that, yeah, your stuff is going to not be great right. always. Yeah. Um, it's okay to be bad. Yeah. It's okay to be bad. It's okay um, to grow. Yeah, it's okay to grow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in film school, I thought I was going to be the next Stanley Kubrick. and then <laughs> You might be. It's, it's a little late for that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Dude, we're going to be living to be, nowadays, we're going to, once they get life extension, we're going to be like 150 years old. We're going to be like biblical ages. <laughs> so now 50 is going to be the, the, the time that we hit our stride. Right. Um, but uh, where can people find you online? Uh, Instagram is at underscore Lugotron. Um, Twitter is at Lugotron. Um, I don't really use L-U-G-O-T-R-O-N. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. website's www.lugotron.com. And Facebook, Tony Lugo, Lugotron. There's a, there's a theme <laughs> here. <laughs> hey, it's good. Man. I did the same thing. We got, got to brand ourselves. Yeah. I'm, I'm like PMS artwork everywhere now. Yeah. So. Uh, Lugotron's cool, though. That has a cool sound to it. Oh, thanks. Um, Transformer-ish. Cool. Well, anything you feel like we left out? Anything you want to leave people with? Anything you want to plug? No, what do they want to plug? No, I, any uh, recommendations for a nice restaurant on the way home? Oh, <laughs> that's a good question, man. Well, what are you what are you eating right now? I don't know. I looked up here at this painting that's right here, and <laughs> I, I wanted Cuban food all of a sudden. Oh, there you go. That's it, Argentina, but I can definitely see the, I can definitely see the the Cuban colors in that. There is a um, Versailles, I believe, on Ventura. Uh, have you ever eaten at Versailles? I have. 
You're not a fan? Delicious. Okay, yeah, it is really good. We used to have one right where we lived in uh, in Palms, too, on, right. on Venice. But there's one, I can't remember the exact block, but you can Google it. Uh, that's probably the only Cuban food I, I know. We've been kind of plant-based, so it's been hard for us to eat <laughs> Cuban food. Anyway, we don't want to waste the listeners' time. Oh, yeah, we do. People want to know about restaurants. <laughs> so, uh, okay, cool, man. Well, anything that you feel like we're good? I feel like we're good. Do you feel like we're good? I feel like we're good. We filmed this for anybody who's uh, listening. You'll be able to see this somewhere. We did a little split screen. Tony's going to put some stuff together, put his filmmaker's eye on it. And um, I don't know, probably you can check it out on my YouTube. Where where are you going to? You do Vimeo, right? I do Vimeo, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. I, I do have a YouTube account, but I mean, it's too many ads. Too many ads. Yeah. Although that's where you make the money, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But check out check out both of our, our sites uh, for a little behind the scenes actions. I feel like we're good. I feel like we're uh, we're bringing it into the 21st century. Let's do it. <laughs> like like we're like they just started filming in the 21st century. But uh, thanks, Ben. It's been good catching Preston, up too. It's been great. I feel PMS. like we should shake, even though you're going to be here when we when we stop doing yeah. this. But, uh, PMS and Lugatron back again. All right. Boom. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.